What is up, guys? My name is Lucas. Welcome to Just Be Real, a podcast by a pastor and his wife talking about the journey and being what God called him to be, a pastor. What's up, guys? Glad you guys are here. Hope you like this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Enjoy. Well, you've probably been wondering where we've been. Yeah, it's been a while. Hey, did you guys recognize that voice? <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's back with us. Yes, we were doing a sound check here a few minutes ago, and I was telling her, hey, you know, use that voice, you know, that one where you yell at me at, that voice. She goes, I don't yell at you. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. Okay, so good to see you. Good to be back with uh, everybody here today. Um, we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something that I think is, on one side of it, it's it's good, it's, it's okay, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing wrong with it, I should say. But the other side of it is it can actually be very destructive. Very detrimental to the church. For the church. Yeah. 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 And so we're going to talk today about tradition. Tradition. Uh, I really am starting to come along and believe that tradition, uh, if we're not careful and we allow tradition to, to be used uh, by the enemy, so to speak, I believe it can become the kryptonite for the church. Yeah. You absolutely. know what kryptonite is, right? We use it's yeah. this, it's the it's, Superman, right? Right. All right. It's what takes and, Superman's powers. Right, exactly. It's it, it really depletes, causes mm-hmm. him to grow weak. And and if you think about that in the realm of the church, that's exactly what tradition can do. Yeah. It can become let the it can have the church become weak. Right. Lose its power. Yeah. And so, you know, so I, I, I've also, we'll, we'll probably talk another time about this, but I think religion is also part of the kryptonite sure. to the church. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hear people say, and I think I've even said it too, um, that with religion, religion, what it does is it boxes God in mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm coming to maybe, I'd like to, you know, flesh it out a little bit more, um, uh, but I think maybe what it does, I don't think religion boxes God in. I think religion actually uh, boxes God out. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, when you, at, when you want God to work in your box, it's not that you limit God because there's no limit to God. But it's just that you, what's the word? I think you can tie God's hands. Yeah. I think you can stifen. I mean, we we read about it in Scripture, and we talk about it all the time, about, you know, uh, quenching the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, it's not that God can't do what God wants to do. God can do whatever God wants to do. Right. But it's just the idea of, of the fact that God is a respecter of person. Mm-hmm. He's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He will not force himself upon you. And if you don't really kind of want to, you know, live in the realm of God and, and, you know, go by his rules and, 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 you know, oh, and all receive that. Receive his blessings. Receive his blessings, his love, his mercy, yeah. his grace, his free gift to us. If you don't want to live there, well, God's not going to force you into that. Right. And so, uh, so we'll talk about religion another time probably, yeah. but today we want to talk about tradition. And like I said, tradition's not bad. Uh, I, I looked up the definition of tradition, uh, in, on uh, the internet there and, so the definition of tradition, it's the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation. Um, we do that, right? 
Yeah, as families, it's not a bad thing. I mean, we have traditions all the time. Growing up, we've had traditions. You you talked about. I think you talked about in a previous podcast, but you talked about a tradition that you and your family uh, was would do on Friday nights. Yeah, Friday night was our pizza night. My dad would always make homemade pizza, Mm -hmm. and then we'd all he'd bring it into the living room and set it on the big coffee table, and we'd have our drinks and our pizza and. We'd watch TV together as a family, just have fun, or we'd play games or whatever. Yeah. But that was every Friday night, Dad made homemade pizza. It was right. awesome. Right. So so that was a family tradition. Uh, one of the family traditions I was thinking of when um, when we were talking about this podcast and everything is um, at our family reunion in August, um, first Saturday of August every year, we have a family reunion. And that family reunion... Uh, would always at some point in time, somewhere along the lines, every year, we had to sing Silent Night. Mm, yeah, I, I have that. no idea why. <laughs> I still to this day have no idea. Kind of afraid to ask. To be honest <laughs> with you. So, but here, you know, picture like middle like, of it, August. Yeah, we're we're. I mean, there's a couple times we've done family picnics or family reunions in in city parks or downtown parks. You know, uh, our hometown park. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of other family reunions happening, too, at other parts of the... And they all of a sudden, they hear this family singing, you know, Silent Night in the middle of August, (laughs) or 1st of August. I was like, uh, you know, we're excited about Christmas, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But that was was family tradition. Yeah. We we would do that. Um, You and I, we've... You've... You, more than me, have created a lot of family traditions in our family. Yeah. With our kids. Traditions was always a big thing for me growing up. I mean, like... I yeah. also remember on nights after dinner, um, we would always have dinner around the table. Mm-hmm. Mom would always make a big meal um, every day for dad when he would get home from work. He was a coal miner, right. worked in the coal mines, and... No, it's okay. It's uh, We're recording this uh, the Sunday before Father's Day. Uh, of course, many of you know that Shelly lost her dad about... Uh, coming up on two years here in September. So, so this is hard. Sorry. But we would play baseball out in the field at our farm. Yeah. And it was always me and dad against mom and Sherry and Heather and Suze. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it was two against four, but I don't know. Dad and I always whipped their butts. Well, as you said, no, any other sisters. That, there was a reason, right. I guess. Yeah. Had to so, make it fair, equal. Yeah. Yeah, but we always play play baseball out or softball actually, out in the field. It was just it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know we've done we've done we've started some traditions in our family. Uh, if you remember, um, one of the things that you have always done is that on everybody's birthdays, um, what yeah. happens? Everybody's birthday on their birthday morning, I would make them breakfast in bed. Breakfast in bed. And it exactly. was always their favorite. Yeah. And Lucas was always biscuits and gravy, and Logan was usually biscuits and gravy or pancakes he or French hash toast, brown. hash brown casserole. Yeah. He was pretty easy. I could yeah. pretty much pick anything, and he'd be okay with it. And Rod would be pancakes or eggs and bacon or something special. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah we Danielle. Won't, we won't talk about the pancakes for you, so <laughs> never mind. Just move on for that one. But yeah, it was always a good, I always made that 
a nice time for everybody. Yeah. And we've, as our kids have gotten older, and of course there are you know, a couple of going off, got married and having kids. And so we've, we've actually, for traditions, we've, we've tried to start new ones, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, one of those is uh, last year we did this thing called, matter of fact, we recorded uh, when we were there, a thing called Thanksmas, Thanksmas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like this in between Christmas or Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we got together with all the kids. Uh, and uh, I think we got together, what, up in North Carolina? Up in North Carolina this a, last year. Yeah, Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're trying to do something like that this year. Yep. Then we also, uh, where it's working out, uh, probably next year we will start a new tradition where we will get together actually the week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. We'll have to call it something else. Yeah, I don't know. Christmas year. Christmas year? Or (laughs) Or or Numus. Numus. It's called Numus. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. Newman. Newman. (laughs) (laughs) We need to uh, figure out a name for that. That'd be fun. I like Numus. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Mary Numus. I don't know. Okay, move on. So, But anyway, there's some of the things we're talking about. We're talking about doing and stuff like that. But... So family traditions, they're good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think what, what, what can become bad about them, though, is, is that, and, and you, we've experienced this, haven't we? Um, as, as we've gotten older, as our kids have gotten older, and they go off and get jobs, and then they go off and get married, and trying to get everybody to, mm. to, to go along. So to go along with those traditions, yeah. sometimes traditions change. Yeah. Right. Sometimes they have to just kind of be laid laid to laid rest. Laid to the rest. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? That's okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we kind of come to realize is is that um, you know it's hard getting our kids uh, and and your sisters and their kids and my family and their kids all together for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know. We've had to change that up since our kids have gotten married and moved away and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's just and we live in Alabama, which is. 10 to 11 hours away right from west virginia yeah. from west virginia 12 hours away from danielle yeah so it's really hard that's yeah. why we started the tradition of thanksmas yeah you know so because we don't want to put pressure on our kids we know how hard that can be yeah you know and we know the distance so well, that's that's one of those situations though isn't it shelly where it actually tradition became more of a burden than it became right. a blessing and it's not a burden we don't want a fun beautiful time with your family to end up becoming a burden to everybody. Right. right. You know, you want it to be. And, and I just told my kids, I said, look, we do not have to get together on Christmas day. We do not have to get together on Thanksgiving day. I just want a day. Right. I'm just asking for a day somewhere. Yeah. We can the- celebrate Christmas on yeah. December 28th. Yeah. <laughs> we can celebrate Thanksgiving on a Thursday before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Right. You yep. can do all this. Um, so yeah, I, it it doesn't have to be that day, right? but for some people, it has to be very important. Right. Yeah. It has to be. We have people in our families that, Mm -hmm. wow, you miss a Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. You're on the list. You're on the list. And it's like, we've kind of lived on the list a couple of (laughs) times and that's okay. They, they kind of get over it because they've got to understand. Yeah. Our lifestyle here. I used to believe that list was made up with pencil, and then then I started to believe no, I'm, it's pen. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm on it. You're permanent. <laughs> yeah, permanent. So, yeah. So anyway, 
It's, but but just in case of the situations with families and living like that and having to adapt and change or whatever, traditions I don't think should ever become so. I don't think we should ever become so dogmatic about traditions that that it hinders relationship. Right, and I think that's that's what happens when you you set in stone it has to be this day it has to be yeah. this time it has to be this you know, way this way and i think that is when it becomes detrimental to your relationship yeah. with everybody yeah 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 so so when you look at that then let's let's bring this into the church world mm-hmm. because church has traditions don't we right yeah um and the very there's simple traditions, and then there's yeah difficult traditions mm-hmm. that are hard to get over. Yeah, I don't think people realize, but but Jesus and his disciples did not meet on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock for Sunday school. <laughs> right. I I hope that there are people that heard what I just stated and laughed because I mean I'm being serious, but I think there are some people. That, that really have not given that much thought. They just believe that that going to church is Sunday morning at 9 o'clock going to Sunday school or Sunday morning at 1045 going to worship. They, they believe that, and it's they believe that that's the way it's supposed to be. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. This is the way. But but in all honesty, those, those things, uh, 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, was not dictated by Jesus. Mm-mm. I mean, you know who it was dictated by, right? Right. It was mostly the farmers. Yeah. You know, they would get up really early before the crack of dawn. Yeah. And milk the cows. Milk the cows and feed all the animals and do all the chores around the house. And then they'd come in for church. Right. And so basically the farmers said, hey, we want to come to church. We can't make it until nine. Right. And there was probably a pretty smart pastor who said, well, if I kind of want to be able to share the gospel... uh, Gonna we'll have make to make nine. nine o'clock then, <laughs> right? Right, and so so it's it's interesting those kind of things that we 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 take and believe that this is the way it was. This is almost scriptural mm-hmm. or biblical, mm-hmm. and what we have to come to understand is there are so many things that are done in the church today that were not biblically based. Going to church at nine o'clock. It's more Americanized. It's, not, it's yeah. It's not biblically based. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to find it anywhere. Yeah. Jeremiah didn't write this, right? You know, uh, Ruth didn't write it. Um, Matthew didn't write this. This is this. You know, going to church at nine o'clock is a tradition. It's a tradition, and and so here's what I understand about tradition: the the theological definition of tradition. Okay, so we 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 read the the. Traditional tradition definition, maybe that's what I should the say. American tradition. Yeah, but we read that definition, yeah. right? We understand that that's the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation. Okay, but a theological definition for tradition is this: it's a doctrine believed to have divine authority, though not in the scriptures. Hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, that's the theological definition of the word tradition and so if you really think about it and and i i, I think maybe sometimes too much about well, yeah, break that down well you look at it okay it's a doctrine believed to have divine authority okay 
but it's not bound in scripture. Yeah. So like, let's give an example. A, a great example of that is found in Matthew uh, chapter 1, or chapter 12, verse 1. And, and let me just read it to you. This is a ESV. It says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, huh, Pharisees following them? Guess so. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Now, what they were saying, what they were claiming was, was that the disciples were actually working. That's what they were claiming. Right. And all they were doing is they were hungry. And they were walking through the wheat fields. So what they would do is they'd take, I've never done this before, but they would take the head of the wheat or whatever. And I guess you can pop that and, and eat the seeds or eat the, the grain, right? I guess it was good. I don't know. Never ate it before. But this is what they were eating. So they're just walking along, fellowshipping, going somewhere. And they're hungry, so they pull up some. And the Pharisees looked at that and said, hey, that violates what? Our, Our tradition. tradition. Yeah. Because you can't find this in Scripture. You can't find where it says you can't walk through a wheat field and pop it and eat it. <laughs> okay? You just can't. And, and so it goes back to the understanding of, and if you look back in the Old Testament, you'll look and you'll see there is what's called the written Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. It's the written Torah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what they have done is they've actually taken and they've, they've added to the written Torah, but they call it the oral Torah. They, what they come to believe, and I guess they did write it down later on years and years and years afterwards, but they would pass this on generation to generation. They believed it was so sacred that they could not write it down. It was just so sacred. And, 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 and divine, that they could not write it down. All they were to do was memorize it and relate and, and repeat it to the next generation. So generation after generation after generation. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a definition of tradition, yeah. theologically. You know, it's a, it's a belief that, uh, that has divine authority, though not found in Scripture. And so they, that's what they were fussing with Jesus about and his disciples. And that's why Jesus was like, I don't know what you're talking about. This does not violate my father's law. Hmm. And, and so, and, and if you go on, and I love, because Jesus, <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I could argue like Jesus argued. He didn't argue. He just kind of smacked him in the face with something. Wow. Anyway. Just, yeah, it was truth. Yes. And he, he says that he said to them, have you not read what David, and this is verse, I'm sorry, verse three, chapter 12, verse three in Matthew. He said to them, have you not read, which I think it's funny. These are the Pharisees. Mm, right. They should have the read. The ones that have studied. Yes. Yeah. The ones that, you know, he said, have you not read? Hey. Oh, okay. He didn't say it, but this is what Rod would have said. That's why I'm not Jesus. Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest. Who made that up? It wasn't. It wasn't in the Torah. Hmm. It wasn't in the written Torah. It was in. It was believed, and and so he's 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 explaining to them. He said, "Have you not read about this? You know, when David did this, and 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 they were like, oh. And he goes on, and so he goes on in verse five. Or have you not read again? Humorous. 
in the law how on the Sabbath the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here, and if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Hmm. And he walks on. <laughs> so it's just cool, right? Right. What do they, how do they argue with right. that? Right. How do you argue with that? He just pointed out to them, hey, you know, what you guys do and what your ancestors have done, you know, and, and doing that. Yeah. I, I don't think you guys should be pointing out. I, I love it. It's almost like what he was saying is, hey, uh, you know the plank in your eye? Quit looking at everybody's speck in somebody else's. Yeah. Check out that plank in yours. Yeah. You know. So this is kind of what what we're seeing and what we see in the church today. Yeah. And so what I'm saying, what I'm believing is, is that we're allowing tradition to decrease the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit within his church. Yeah. Well, if you walk around and you everything's on an agenda and you don't allow the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to move in, what is the phrase you use during your service? Yeah, it's, it's come prepared but unplanned. Yeah. We need to come prepared. Do, do your due diligence. Lay out the worship service, what you're going to do, what you feel like the Lord's calling you to do, but come unplanned. Yeah. Meaning this, the Holy Spirit says, hey, you know everything you've prepared? Yep. Yeah. Set it aside. Throw it out. <laughs> yeah. Here's what we got going now. Yeah. You know? And and so, yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think what, you know, like I said, we, we've we've got a traditions laid out says Sunday at churches on Sunday mornings, right? Yeah. We've also got traditions that are laid out that really are not found biblically. Um, where does it say there's got to be uh, opening announcements, three songs, uh, pastoral prayer, an offering taken, and then the pastor preaches? Where does that say it? Yeah. This is these are traditions, and like I said, we talked about this, right? There's some some things are are not bad. Traditions are not necessarily bad. Right. Right. It's not bad to have breakfast on on your in the bed in bed on your birthday. That's not bad. And it's not bad to gather at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. Not bad at Sunday all. School. Not bad for us to three, sing, right. sing three songs or take up an offering. Right. Not, not bad at all. What it becomes bad is when you're laying in bed waking up that morning and going, I demand my breakfast now. <laughs> we ain't getting it if you demand it. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> right. And, and if you don't get it somehow, you know, uh, you're going to be mad at that person for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, it affects that relationship aspect, right? It, 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 tradition's not bad, but when we come to church and we go, hey, we didn't sing my song that I like to sing, yeah. and we sing it every Sunday, yeah. but you didn't sing it this Sunday. Okay? Hey, I can, I come to sit in pews, not chairs. I've sat in chair, pews all my life, and now all of a sudden you want to take a pew and move it and, and replace it with a chair. Yeah. That's tradition, right? Yeah. Traditionally, we've had pews in the church. And when you start messing with the traditions of the church, I find it interesting why people get upset. I, I really do. I, I'm Because here's the thing. I... Why are you getting so upset because of the modifications or the remodeling of the church building or the modifications of the layout of the service? Why do you get all upset about that? But yet, yet you sold your house and you're building a new one. Or you're remodeling. Or you're remodeling your house. Right. 
or you're, you're, you're no longer doing this in your family because you're doing this because it had to change. But you're, you're okay with that, but you're getting fired up in the church and ready to hang your pastor or, or, or leave the church. Hey, let me tell you a quick story. <laughs> Gosh, man, this is the honest to goodness truth. I wish I was making it up, but I'm not. I'm not going to tell you the church, the person or anything like that, but I was at a church and uh, I brand new guy there. Brand new pastor, right? I come in. They, uh, for attendance, okay, they have the attendance sheet on a clipboard, all right? And on that clipboard, it has, it's, it's a, uh, um, you know, the, the yellow, uh, what are these called? Legal pads, legal right? Pads, yeah. So there's a yellow legal pad on that clipped onto the clipboard. Uh, and right across the top, they have columns that they have pinned down. They've drawn on, the, on this thing, right? So you got the date on the far left. Then you got... The, 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 uh, the, the, um, the, yeah, the dates. And then you had the attendance, right? Uh, going across and, and how many's there. So you, you, they're just writing it in and they're keeping it right there in this notepad. Right. Okay. So I come, I'm this little whippersnapper, I guess. I don't know. Young little <laughs> guy. And, um, I said, Hey, that's, that's, let's get this put on computer. So all you're doing is every Sunday, you're filling out one one slip, you know, of the attendance and the date, the attendance and use laid on the, on the secretary's desk or whatever, or hand it to me or whatever. And then we're going to input that into the computer and we've got track of that. We can keep, we can make graphs of it and everything. We're growing, dying, what, you know, all that good stuff. So that's what I did. Didn't even, I didn't even ask anybody. I'm just like, I'm a pastor. You know, I didn't even think I needed to ask this really. Mm-hmm. So I took that. So what'd we do? We printed out that sheet, right? Took off the yellow notepad printed off that sheet, put that one piece of paper on that clipboard, hung it back up there. And I don't know if you remember this. Do I you do. remember this? Yeah, I do. This guy comes to my office after church and he says, and it was, it was a couple weeks after this had all been starting to take place and everything. And we're doing uh, the new stuff, new, new thing. <laughs> it wasn't traditional anymore. And um, he said, I just want you to know that my wife and I are leaving the church. I was like, yeah, I'm shaking my head. What? What? Why? What, what's the matter? What's going on? He goes, well, you're coming in here and you're changing everything. <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking to myself, what have I changed except me? <laughs> I'm the only thing new here. <laughs> you know, everything else has been running the same way. I said, so, so what have I, what have I changed? Well, you're, you're taking attendance differently. I was thinking, how do you, how do you take attendance differently? You count, right? It's right. one, two, three. It's that's that's taking attendance. Okay, so I said, "Well, explain to me. What do you mean?" He said, "The clipboards." I said, "Oh, okay." He said, "Yeah, you're you're doing it different." I said, "Well, really not. All we're doing now is we're just taking one sheet of paper, and and you're filling that out for that Sunday, and then we're going to input that information into the computer so we can keep track and and have spreadsheets and be able to say if we're growing or dying or whatever." He goes, "No, no, no." In 1979, he says, in 1979, I went to a seminar at one of the bigger churches on our district, and they taught us how to do this. Now, in case you're wondering, 1979, I'm 12 years old. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'm not even a Christian yet. This is a long time ago, right? I'm a pastor now. All right. At this time when he's telling me to 1979, he said, we went to a seminar and that seminar told us, this is how you take attendance. He said, and we've been taking attendance ever since then. This is the way we do it. 
And you're coming in changing everything. I love how he kept saying, I'm changing everything. Right? And so it, what was he saying? What was he saying, Shelly? Uh, you just broke my tradition of how I was taking attendance. This is our tradition. <laughs> right. This is the way we do it, buddy. You little whippersnapper. You know, you're not going to change this. And he literally, he left the church because of this. That was almost 30 years that they had been doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't do that because people do the math and they'll go figure out what church it was. And it was 40. It was 40, 50. Could have been 100. We don't know yet. So anyway. So yeah, that's what we ran into, right? Tradition. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, listen, if, if, if we're so focused on our traditional things that we do and we let those traditional things hinder relationship, yeah. relationship with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, relationship with people, yeah. relationship with, with leadership. If, we, if we're doing that, I'm telling you, the, the relationship is going to suffer. And what then ends up suffering? The power of the Holy Spirit within the church right. is not able to use vessels to be able to bring forth His glory because we're too busy focused on tradition. Well, and I think that's what the enemy does. He tries mm-hmm. to get us off focus, so bickering and fighting yep. amongst each other. But you know, on the other end of this, we have all we have always run into a group of people in a church that is so open yes. to breaking tradition. Yep. You know, one of the one of the biggest things that we've seen in different churches that we've went to, and you know, it's a let me just preface this before I say it. It is a great thing, but it turns ugly really fast if it's if you're not careful. And that is where people will donate money for specific things in the church, like the pulpit or the altars or the pews or the chairs or windows or, or, or windows yeah, or, or doors, whatever, yeah. you know, and then they put a plaque on it and it says in loving memory of or in loving honor of the family the of, person's yeah, name, yeah. you know. And that's beautiful. It's wonderful. Someone left money in a in a um, trust fund, a trust or whatever. fund or something. Yeah, you know, it's and it's helped the church out to be able to use that for something. You know, that's all wonderful. But when you go to change that, oh my, that's when it can get really ugly. But you know, I can honestly say there have been situations that we've also come up against, and. People have been gracious and said, you know what, Pastor, if if this is what we need to do to grow the kingdom, to reach yep. more lost, to yes. reach the people, to to better the kingdom, let's do it. Right. You know, so we've had one side and the other, mm-hmm. you know, and it's been great yep. when you see how open people can be yes. about, you know, breaking a tradition or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of starting new traditions. Yeah. I really do. So this kind of brings me up to this idea that that I've been, not an idea, but the thing I've been wondering and the question I've been wondering is this. We have a lot of um, churches, and I call them traditional churches. And I don't necessarily mean that they have a lot of tradition in that sense. Just traditional churches. They've uh, Okay, let me use a different word established churches. Mm-hmm. These churches have been established. I mean, the church of the Nazarene, we're 120, 112, 120, 113, 113 yeah. years old. We're 113 years old. Okay. So we have, we're an established denomination. We're over a hundred now, right? 
Okay, so we, we are an established denomination. We're an established church. The thing that I, I'm questioning in my mind, and I want to know why, and I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask this question. Why is it that you see a non-denominational church, a church, a church that starts in a storefront or does whatever, and, and this church takes off, and grows like wildfire. Now, I know some people go, well, yeah, but their theology is terrible and they're leading people to hell. And this, no, I'm not, I'm not talking. Because I know I know examples in, in Huntsville here right. of churches that are non-denominational that have started they and they are doing, they're, they're growing, yeah, uh, wild, like wildfire. And they are uh, biblically solid and, and loving like Jesus loves, right. right? What is it, why is it that that church can do that in such a short amount of time, but yet this established churches cannot do that, don't do that. Matter of fact, if you look at the statistics, you can see that the established church is dying today. Mm, Why is this? Tradition. Kryptonite. Yeah. I I seriously believe that. See, because when you come into, when you have a church that has no tradition, it's not established. It's just it's just now starting to begin. There's nobody in that church going, "Hey, we used to do it like this." Or we used to we we can't do this because we've always done it this way. Cuz guess what? They've not always done it that way. Matter of fact, they've never done it that way. Yeah. Because they're new. Yeah. They 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 get to go in and go, "We get to do things without the strings attached." They get to go into a Sunday school room and say, "Hey, you know what?" We're going to make this a totally different room now. Well, you can't, the old, the established church would be like, um, oh, you can't do that because that's grandma so-and-so's Sunday school class. And so it's always got to be grandma so-and-so's Sunday school class. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so we'll, we'll save this room for three kids or three adults and, and, and we don't get to do ministry now. We don't get to impact the kingdom for, for Jesus. Right. So why? Because a tradition. But but you have an unestablished church that that you know, you don't get somebody to say hey we can't do this in this classroom you get the people who get to say let's do this in this classroom right. <laughs> let's do this now you know and so I'm I don't know that's just my personal opinion I'll have more to say about that maybe later I don't know but we'll see so well I hope that you know Shelly you did a beautiful job thank you for for counterbalancing me because I think I maybe spent a lot of time on the the, the one side of it and, and you kind of brought it to the other side of understanding that we we have we're at a church right now that truly I'm just in love with this yeah. church and I've loved all my other churches I sure. truly have but I'm in love with this church in love with the people and and well, they're not afraid of change no they're not can I can I just go down the list real no. quick oh you don't want to <laughs> okay. we don't need to talk about all the changes because you know well okay so <laughs> So the, the at least the top three things they tell you not to do within the first two years as you come into a, a church as a pastor, uh, we've done that plus yeah. <laughs> in the first 11 months. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was about 11 months. So, um, yeah, but it was it was a church that really said, you know what, we don't want tradition to get in our way. Right, and it's we, time for change. And we want to minister and win the lost. Yeah. And, and that's what we're doing. And, and let me just give a recap of what, what we're seeing right now. Since Easter, this Easter, we have seen 25 people 
come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Saved and set free, Mm. right? We've had five people baptized since Easter. And, and, And God's not done. No. God's not done. And so we're excited about that. We really yeah. are. We come prepared. But unplanned. But unplanned. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today and listening to us. And and, and I hope that you can follow us. Uh, we sometimes get talking back and forth. This is this is her and I talking across the you know dining room table, really, sometimes. But uh, I hope that you were able to follow us. Uh, and, and listen, we're, we're excited about what God's doing through this ministry at our podcast. And we would love for you guys to share this with others. And uh, feel free to uh, you know uh, send us a message. Tell us you know, what you're thinking of the podcast and all that good stuff. Uh, you can fo- follow us on uh, Facebook with uh, Just Being Real. Uh, and uh, just look that up. Uh, we've got an Instagram. We've got a Twitter account. Um, and so uh, send us an email. Uh, just Being Real Podcast at gmail.com. And so we'd love to hear from you. All right. Sounds good. Oh, man, this has been fun. All right. Listen, have a great uh, week, and we look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. God bless. (laughs)